Why is it that we worry so much? Don't we trust God? Don't we believe that God is in control of our lives? And if God takes care of the sparrows and the hawks and all these great animals in the kingdom, how much more as a human being does He care for each one of us individually? Think about it. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Roll Reese in Diamond Bar, California. Today's teaching continues our focus on the far-reaching power of God's love. As you meditate on the Lord's diligent care for all of His creation, Roll will challenge you to greater faith. Worrying is natural, but an intentional choice to trust allows God to lavish you with all of the rich abundance of His heart. Let's listen as Roll Reese begins today's teaching in the Gospel of Matthew. Let's begin by reading chapter 6, verse 25 to 34. He says, Therefore I say unto you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what you'll drink, nor your body, what you're going to put on. Is not life more than food, the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow, nor reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? Which of you, by worrying, second time, can add one cubit or 18 inches to his stature? So why do you worry? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, how they neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothed the grass of the fields... Which today, notice, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven. Will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Underline that. That's the problem. O you of little faith. Therefore, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For all these things the heathens seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Here's the key. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Notice what he says there. How many times he uses the word worry? I think that's one of the main problems with people. Why is it that we worry so much? Don't we trust God? Don't we believe that God is in control of our lives? I mean, how many of you, honestly, when you go to bed at night, do you have to worry about breathing the next day? None of us. And there are people that are on oxygen tanks every single day to breathe because they can't breathe. And if God takes care of the sparrows, And the hawks and all these great animals in the kingdom, in the wilderness, and feeds them. 
How much more as a human being does he care for each one of us individually? Think about it. So amazing when you study the Bible. The word of God, the way he intended to be read and to be taught. So to me it's amazing how many people not only worry about everything in life. And what you're doing is you're teaching your children also to worry. Those that are around you, you teach them to worry. And yet Jesus gave great counsel. Remember, he's talking to his disciples. We are his disciples, so he's talking to us. And Jesus wants to make sure that he makes it very clear that he's the one that provides. And even though he wants to provide for you, he says, the first thing you have to do, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Is God number one in your life? You have to really examine your heart to see if he's number one. If your wife is number one, your husband is number one, your children is number one, or your job is number one, you're already off course. Already off course. Seek ye, you have to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, not my righteousness. My righteousness, Isaiah said, are like filthy rags. His righteousness is what we need in our lives. And his righteousness comes by believing in him through faith. Through faith in him. Not in money. Not in power. Not in any individual. He is the one that we put our trust in. He's the one that came. He's the one that died. He's the one that resurrected. He's the one that departed. He's the one that is coming again. He's the one that is going to rule in the kingdom age. He's the one that is going to create the new heavens and the new earth where we are going to live forever and ever with him. He is the main thing, Jesus. And we need to understand this morning that if we truly want to be like him, then we need to trust him by true faith in Jesus Christ. Trusting God. The word that he uses here for take no thought means this. Do not worry. Do not be anxious. Do not be overly concerned in caring about things. Notice how beautiful that is. So the believer is not to worry about necessities like food, drink, or your body, or clothing. He says, if you see the little sparrows, and I take care of them every single day. How much more of value are you than them? Man, that's an incredible saying that Jesus gave. How much more important than a coyote or a wolf or a hawk or a deer or a buffalo, whatever it may be. Remember, those animals have no spirit. They don't have a soul like we have. So as believers, we not only not to be worried, but we need to what? We need to go to our necessities. It's so cool because when I go for my necessities, I have to seek first the kingdom of God and allow him to work in me through my life. I like what Paul says, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. He says, be anxious for nothing. Underline that, be anxious for nothing. He says, but in everything by prayer is supplication, With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus our Lord. I love it. He gives peace to us. Surpasses all understanding. When I'm not anxious for nothing. I mean, you're not going to grow 18 inches, you know, by worrying, unless you get on a stool or wear high heels. 
God made you the way you are. And if we come to a place of anxiety and being anxious, it will hurt you physically. It will hurt your health. So it's important that we truly believe in Jesus Christ. And we believe in heaven. And we believe everything that is given to us, the word of God, then we need to rest in him. The problem is people don't read God's word. That's the problem. How can you know the person without reading his autobiography? You can't. You've got to know and read his autobiography. To capture his character, to capture his personality, to capture who he is or who she is. And that's why the Bible has been given to each one of us individually, so that we can capture Jesus, who he is in human state, and then his spiritual state, 100% man, 100% God. So when he's talking to the disciples, he's talking to them as he's talking to me. And he says, now when you go to prayer, pray and don't be anxious. Trust me. Don't trust yourself. He says, and then all those things that I want to give to you, I'll bring them to you. And check this out. Again, he says, the counsel given. Remember 25? He says, therefore I say unto you, do not worry about your life. And then, again, therefore do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? And then do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day its own trouble. Three times. He tells you, quit worrying. Why do you worry so much? You see, Jesus is not teaching us that we should not prepare for life. He's not teaching that. I'm just going to wait for Jesus to provide bread and money and house. He's not saying that. I don't understand one thing, and I'm going to be honest with you. How a husband can stay home, take care of the children, and put his wife to work. That is not right. You're the man. You're the husband supposed to provide for your family. She's supposed to stay for the children and raise the children up to take care of them. It's important that we take the counsel from Jesus here. Because Jesus is not saying that a man is not to prepare for life. We all have to prepare for life. We can't just kick back. We have to say, okay, how am I going to buy a house? How am I going to meet my family's needs? You know, what kind of a job do I need? So my wife doesn't have to worry. My children don't have to worry. But they can be secure because they know that their dad has a job and he's working hard to supply all of our needs. Just like our Heavenly Father supplies our needs. It's so cool how Jesus Christ supplies our needs. The problem is people that are lazy. (laughs) Lazy. Shiftless. Thoughtless. The attitude is like, I don't care about tomorrow. Tomorrow will come, tomorrow will go. The proverb has a lot to say about lazy people. Every person has to look after his own responsibilities. Every person. The responsibilities that are given to you by the world and the responsibility that God gives to you individually, spiritually. This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. We're committed to empowering you with Scripture's truth. For resources, visit somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165 and join Raul for Straight Talk on his YouTube channel, Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific. 
Now here's Raul Reese once again. Proverbs 27, 23 says, Be diligent to know the state of your flocks. I did a whole sermon on that. The flocks is your family, your children. Look what he says again. Be diligent to know the state of your flock. Look at your family. Be sensitive. How are they doing spiritually? How are they doing physically? How are they doing emotionally? You have to look after your flocks. And then he says, For riches are not forever, nor does a crown endure to all generations. And then Paul 2 Corinthians eleven twenty eight. Besides the other things, he says, What comes upon me daily, my deep concern for all the churches, what comes upon me daily. Paul had a job. He made tents. Four hours he worked, four hours he go preach the gospel. He worked. We all have worked. And then the Lord takes you to the next level. He uses your life. And then he says in Philippians 2, 20, Paul For I have no one like-minded who will sincerely care for your state. Paul says, nobody cares about you, but I care about you. I care about your spiritual state. I care about your financial state. I'm concerned about you because you're the flock of God. And God loves his flock. And then he says, for all are seeking their own selfish, selfish people. Not the things which are of Christ Jesus. Physically, but most important, spiritually, they're not seeking God. And what's he say? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And what? And all these things will be added to you. What things? Money? He didn't say money. All these things he will give to you in a spiritual way. Because he loves us. Psalm 37, 1 through 5 says, a psalm of David. Do not fret because of evildoers, nor be envious. Of the workers of iniquity. For they shall soon be cut off like the grass. And wither as the green vegetables. Trust in the Lord. Do good. Dwell in the land. Feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord. And he shall give you the desires of your heart. The desires of your heart. Commit your ways to the Lord. Trust also in him. And he shall bring it to pass. I mean, he wants you to be fully dependent on him, not yourself or anybody else. I mean, we need to learn this, especially where we're heading in these days. And then he says this in Romans 8.28. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. Not your purpose, according to his purpose. And then First Peter 5, 6, and 7, he says, Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your cares upon him. Listen, for he cares for you. I love that. He cares for you. We need to really take an examination of our hearts. So the basic problem is setting priorities, determining what has to be first in my life. So from today on, you go home, you look at your priorities and get them right. And so you have to understand what Jesus is saying here. He says, which of you, by worrying, can add 18 inches to his stature? 18 inches, he says. And the word stature here means this, height, quality, status, gained by growth, 
or sometimes it means age. Age. So I can also mean not only this, I can mean that when I speak to the Lord, I can say, okay, Lord, here am I. I'm not trying to grow 18 inches. I'm not trying to trust in myself, but I'm trusting in you because you're the only one that can help me. You're the only one that can take and give me things in my life. So worrying is senseless in the body of Christ. Worrying is what? Unbelief. Unbelief is not good with God. God doesn't approve of unbelief. That means when I have unbelief, I'm questioning God. And who am I to question God? God should be questioning me. Don't worry about your physical needs. God is going to take care of them, but you have to put things in order. The problem sometimes things are taken away from us is because God is trying to get what? Your attention. Attention. Look, look why I'm doing this. The first thing we do is we get angry with God. Angry with God. And we start blaming God. And yet the problem is you, not God. The problem is me and the problem is you. Because we're not seeking first the kingdom of God. We're not trusting Him for all the things that we want to get. Our clothes, our bread, our rents, whatever it is, God will take those things and give them to us. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. The word to seek means to seek, to go after, to strive, to pursue, to desire, to aim at, to search for, or to endeavor to get. To endeavor to get what? The kingdom of God. Not my righteousness. His righteousness. So as believers, we need to seek the things of the Spirit. Number one, how about true wisdom? We need wisdom. In all of our situations. Proverbs chapter 2, verse 4 through 8. If you seek her, notice wisdom as silver. And search for her as the hidden treasures. Then you will understand the fear of the Lord. And find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth. Notice comes knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He's a shield to those who walk uprightly. He guards the path of justice. And he preserves the way of his saints. His saints, who are those? That's us. The way of his saints. How about secondly, God's peace? Do you have peace in your life? When you have turmoil, that's not of God. Some people ask me, how do I know in God's perfect will? Peace. Peace. I know that I'm in God's will. Peace. When you don't have peace, you better check it. You better check your priorities. You better check your heart. You better check your life. And then the next thing, not only peace, listen to what he says for Peter 3.11. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace. And listen, Pursue it. Pursue peace. And how about thirdly, faith. True faith. Hebrews eleven thirteen to 16. These in the Old Testament all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Isn't that cool? Strangers and pilgrims, that's what we are. And then he says, for those who say such things declare plainly that they are seeking a homeland. And truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they have come out of, they would have an opportunity to return. But now they desire a better, 
That is a heavenly country. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God. For he has prepared a city for them. A city that is not here. A city that is there. So as believers, we are not to be preoccupied. With what? Material things that are going to burn. Everything thing is going to burn. The only thing that is not going to burn is what you do for Christ, period. You only have one life to live and it will soon be passed. And the only thing that is going to last is what you do for Christ, period. And I have to, as a child of God, be careful that I don't get dominated by anything. And that's why he says we are to seek and become citizens of his kingdom, not citizens of this earth. If you're going to be a citizen of this earth, man, too bad for you. You're, you're done. But to become a citizen of the kingdom of God. Because when we become citizens of the kingdom of God and we're seeking the kingdom of God, his righteousness, man, takes care of our lives. We become spiritual beings. Second Corinthians 5.21 says, For he made Jesus, who knew no sin, to become sin for us. That we might become, listen, the righteousness of God in him. Not my righteousness, his righteousness. That's why he came. This is why the natural man cannot be satisfied. He says in 1 Corinthians 2.14. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness to him. Nor can he know them because they are spiritually discern he doesn't understand the things of God. He's a natural man. Well, we hope your heart has been lifted by today's look at the Lord's faithful care of his creation. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. To review today's lesson, call 800-634-9165, and we'll be happy to send you an unedited copy for a donation of $5 or more. When you get in touch with us, simply ask for Roll's message titled, Don't Worry About Tomorrow. As you make the choice to fully trust Him with your life, we'd like to offer you a resource titled, Understanding God's Compassion. Rawls' four-chapter booklet will enrich your faith with biblical insight into the Lord's ability to forgive your sins, heal your heart, provide for your needs, and protect you in adversity. As you ground yourself in these truths, you'll learn to face every day with confidence instead of worry, trusting that God is constantly working on your behalf. To order Rawls' booklet titled, Understanding God's Compassion, Visit somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165. We'll send your copy for just $5 plus shipping and handling. That's 800-634-9165. Or you can write us at Somebody Loves You Radio, P.O. Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. As we continually look for ways to support you in your journey with the Lord, we welcome your feedback on how we can best serve you. We'd also like to tell you about our many free Somebody Loves You resources. If you're looking for a devotional reading plan or digital Bible study courses, be sure to download our app to your iPhone or Android. Now, This app also features more of Rawls' teaching and a convenient link to our online store. To review a Somebody Loves You radio program or to catch one you've missed, download the podcast using Spotify or iTunes. And for more information or just to connect with us, visit us anytime on Facebook or Instagram.
Somebody Loves You Radio is a listener-supported ministry. We'd like to thank you for your partnership and remind you that every contribution is tax-deductible. We are so blessed to be able to study the Word of God with you, and we invite you to join us again next time. Continuing this series, we'll see that in every stormy trial of life, we can trust the Lord's power and love to see us through. Here's Raul with a closing comment. So what are you seeking here this morning? What are you seeking out of this church? If you're not seeking first the kingdom of God, then what are you truly seeking? And then what are you teaching your children to seek? Seriously, what are you teaching your children to seek? If your children see you at home, not as a spiritual mother and father, but a carnal father and mother, you don't think that you're turning them away from Christ, they'll become just like you. And they should be just like Christ. Just like Christ, if you live for Christ, if you deny yourself. Let me conclude with this couple of things here, the blessing of God. Number one, the blessing of God is our salvation. It's a gift that God has given to us. Remember John 3, 16, everybody should memorize that scripture, for God so loved the world that he gave. He gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's a gift that God has given to us freely. Salvation. Secondly, how about regeneration? Being regenerated by coming to Christ, accepting Him as our Lord and Savior, and then beginning a new life. And then what happens in my regeneration? Then thirdly is forgiveness. Can you believe that? Forgiveness. We've done terrible things, and God says, I forgive you when there's true repentance. Simple, and yet so hard for so many people. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.